Simon and Wayne's Spiffing Review with your hosts Simon Jones and Wayne Bolt. Hello! Hello! And welcome to another episode of Spiffing Review with me Simon Jones and me Wayne Bolt. And we're here for just a short episode this week because we've not managed to see any new films, be they indies or mainstream. So we're just going to have a quick visit to the trailer park and give you some movie news in our movie watch segment. Indeed. So, what is the first trailer we have to check out? Moneyball. Yes. This is a sports movie. Yes, baseball in particular. Yes, a genre I'm not particularly a fan of, particularly when it's something like baseball or basketball, because they're American sports that I know nothing about. Mm. So, it takes something I'm not particularly interested in, which is sport, and combines it with a sport I know nothing about. So, kind of regardless of how good the film is, I generally have no idea what's happening. Yeah, it... It, it to me it looked like um, a, a, a modern day sort of version of minor league, which I quite like minor league, and that had Charlie Sheen back before he became a bit crazy <laughs> yes. uh, in it. Um, it's starring Brad Pitt, Robin Wright, and Jonah Hill, and it sort of I mean it's got that air of being a comedy about it, but it doesn't actually look to be a comedy. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell how serious it was um, because half the trailer felt like it was going down the comedy route with the kind of interaction between yeah. Brad Pitt and Jonah. Whatever his face is, Hill. You want to say Jonah Hex, but that's something entirely yeah, different. Right. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's got this really serious sort of tone to it. All, yeah. And the way it's shot, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, from what I could tell, the film's generally about uh, a not so suave looking Brad Pitt who's trying to build a successful baseball team but on a budget. And I think he's doing something where he's selecting the players using computer data as opposed yeah, to... Apparently he's doing something revolutionary, but I don't even know how no. they're normally picked. So that no. was a little bit lost on me. Yeah. But I did really like the look of it. I thought the yeah. visual style of it was really interesting. And it kind of had a unusual look for that kind of movie, yeah. I guess. Well, it's got some seri- fairly serious filmmaking names behind it. It's di- directed by Bennett Miller, who did Capote. Capote. Uh, yes. The Truman Capote story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written by Aaron Sorkin, who did the really? Social Network and a few good men, uh, and along with Stephen Zellian, hmm. who who did all the King's Men. So it it could be quite good, but I don't know. So Gertie for this one. It's funny actually because I did think it oh. had a similar sort of feel to Social Network. So the fact it's that's probably why Aaron Sorkin makes sense. Yeah. Um, I yeah, it's kind of despite my reservations about the genre in general, I kind of a smiley face just because it looked like it was really well done, even if it's not a topic that it's going to have to work hard to interest yeah. me. Basically, well, I've given it an ambivalent face, um, but purely because there's a few coming up which I mean, I'd rather see. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a true. I think it's once again one trailer didn't quite work, but I think I quite like to see the film. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right, you can probably hear the rain outside if this is picking it up. It's incredibly um, uh, temperamental weather here at the minute, so please bear with us if, if it sounds like we're in the shower, which we're not. Yeah, just to make that clear. Yeah. Right, so that's now moving on to film number two, or trailer number two, which is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, Trailer 2. Yes. Uh, there seems to be quite a lot of trailers. Even if it's, it says Trailer 2, I'm sure I've seen more than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what they class as a trailer and what they just class as a clip from the film. It's all pretty much the same. It's quite confusing for us sometimes when we're trying to pick the particular ones we're doing as to what's a trailer and what isn't. Yeah, so this trailer just came out last week, I believe, and yep. looks spectacular. Yeah. It's an epic build-up to what I think is the best part of the Deathly Hallows book, i.e. the second part of it. Where uh, stuff happens. Where stuff happens as opposed to the first part yes. where there's a lot of camping and not much going on. Um, it's got good fight scenes in it, it's got good effects and it's quite grand in scale but I'm not sure about the Harry throwing himself and Voldemort off the bridge part of it because that's a bit of a departure 
from really from interesting because I was surprised because I've not read the books mm. as we've established from previous episodes and I assumed from the trailer that that was a really big moment and I was really surprised they put it in to the film yeah, into so, the trailer because so I was, was like I. yeah so I was like oh that must have sport a really big moment in the book I'm a bit annoyed they showed me that so that's not in the book no yeah so <laughs> yeah no, so that's, that's rather curious yeah um, um yeah, well, it's good. I've got hopes for this film because um, it's hopefully got a chance to redeem some of the failings of the novel, which I won't go into too much until after after the, we've seen the film. Uh, so it should be good, but I mean, we're not really judging the film what we haven't seen. Um, so, yes, Gertie for that one. Uh, smiley face, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, well, I've given it two Gerties. Yeah. yeah I've given it smiley face in 2D, right. sad face in 3D. Yes. Because 3D is pointless. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, after 10 years, I'm looking forward to seeing how the story ends. Oh, good. And it looks like it's got the scale that I've wanted all the Harry Potter films to have, and they usually haven't. But this one actually looks like it's gone all out. Yeah, it looks big. Right, okay. Uh, Third film in the trailer park is The Muppets Being Green. Yes, which is a spoof trailer riffing on the Green Lantern Lantern. film. Uh, And I imagine this trailer is probably better than the actual Green Lantern film. Have you seen the Green Lantern? Uh, no, I've heard bad things. Right. About anyway, it. we're not we're not discussing that. Um, yeah, it's written by Jason Siegel, um, who, um, as you may well know, was in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, he played a musician who ended up writing like an opera um, done with Muppet vampires. That's true. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Uh, so I think what he's done is he's taken. Thinking, yeah, yeah, he's taken that. That, that dream into actually uh, into the film. Um, well, it, it doesn't really give much away the trailer as to what's going on. It's a Muppet film. There's a lot of flashbacks to the Muppet movie, uh, the original Muppet movie. Um, did you, did you see it. the original trailer for it? Where for half the trailer you don't even know it is a Muppets trailer? I saw the one which is a bit like Ocean's Eleven. I think they've done lots of different trailers okay, for it. Okay, because the, um, the other trailer I saw was, for the first two-thirds of it, it's presented exactly like a generic rom-com mm-hmm. and is entirely uninteresting. All right. And then suddenly Kermit walks in the door. Uh, no, I've not seen that one. And that seems to be what they're doing with all these trailers. Yeah. Uh, kind of subverting what you expect and pretending to be something yeah. and then popping up with something else. Yeah. Um, so I think they're the best trailers for years. Oh, yeah, the Muppet, <laughs> M- Muppets are just great anyway. Um yeah, there's going to be a, a whole load of um, guest stars doing cameos in this film, ranging from like Marla Kunis, who of course is in Family Guy, as, as Meg Griffin, all the way through to Richie... Who's that? Ricky Gervais, as, ah. as people know him. Yes. His, his friends called him Richie. Do you always do that when you say his name? Is it like <laughs> some ritual to, thing? Yeah, he's got to. He's very strict about how you say yes. his name. Um, yeah, so the trailer was good. Oh, it's just the Muppets, isn't it? And it's going to be a good Muppet movie. It's going to be a laugh. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's a Muppet movie, so it's probably going to be fun regardless. Mm. But what's nice is that they're actually being really inventive with the trailers, which suggests that it won't just be another Muppet movie. They might, you know, if the film is is as inventive as the trailers, then that's going to be really good. Well, it's written, it's written by Jason Segel, so it's someone coming in from outside the usual Muppet writers. Yes. So it should be good. Anyway, um, so that's a smiley face to that. Uh, Yeah, big smiley face. And for the trailer. Yeah, a big grinning face. Yeah. Excellent. Right, so we're now moving on to film number four, Pariah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, for those of you um, out there who don't know what the word pariah means, we are quite happily reminded at the start of the film. Yes. Um, we're given a definition of it, which is uh, pariah, pronounced pariah. Uh, it's a noun meaning a person without status, a rejected member of society, an outcast. Yes, good job. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had a clue what was going on in this film. No. <laughs> which is my main criticism of it. Uh, yeah. For maybe three quarters of the trailer. 
nothing actually happens. It, it sets up some characters, and but you just you have no idea what these characters are going to be doing in the film. No. Um, you know, the acting's decent. It's you know, it's, looks like it's made okay, but there's nothing in there to actually get hold of as a story. Uh, and then right at the end, it seemed to be going down that maybe there was uh, homosexuality issues that it's dealing with. I think. But it, even know. then, it was incredibly vague. And I don't know. Dealing with cultural prejudices yeah. and stuff. So, I don't know, maybe there's an interesting story in the film, but the trailer, I thought, did a really bad job of offering yeah. that at and all. And so it's a trailer failure. Yes. Yeah, yeah i just done that. Yeah, we, we should, love that we in should the probably trademark yeah. that. Well, it's, um, it was written and directed by uh, Dee Reese, and I think this is the first actual feature she's done. Okay. Um, before that, she's done a couple of short films and a documentary or two, but I think this is her first foray into doing... Uh, in, in, into doing a, a proper feature and it's probably some sort of based on her growing up in Brooklyn around the area yeah. um, I thought the film looked like it might be quite good and might have some interesting mm. issues and in covering important stuff but yeah the trailer I thought was a missed opportunity yeah worrying to note is that it stars Kim Wayans uh, you know, uh, one of the Wayans clan so yeah, you've got to watch out for them <laughs> yeah um, yeah well, so I, I didn't particularly like the trailer. You didn't. But Matthew82764641 on IMDb said... Snappy name. Amazingly powerful uh, trailer. Really? Yeah. I'll do that again. Yeah. So powerful you couldn't even yeah. read it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's the problem. Um, the film looked powerful. The trailer wasn't at all. Yeah. Because I was waiting for it to to show me anything that I could take away from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, so Matthew, you may have found it an an amazingly powerful trailer. Uh, I found it an incredibly dull trailer, um, which has resulted in me giving it a sad face. Yeah, sad face for me. Although I'm still sort of interested in seeing the film, so maybe the trailer did an okay job. Yeah. But I think the trailer could have done a vastly better job yeah. than it did. Right. So moving on to the final film in the uh, trailer park, it's Lucky. Hmm. Yeah, it's a film directed by Jill Gate. Jill Kate. Hang on, that's probably Gil. Gil? About it. Yeah, it's only one L. <laughs> uh, directed by Gil Cates Jr. Um, also written by Gil Cates Jr. Um, and it stars Colin Hanks, who is the son of Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah, he is. is indeed. Jeffrey Tambor, who you may remember from Larry Sanders and Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. <laughs> and Arrested Development. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Ari Graynor and Adam Harrington. Now, this film looks quite interesting. Uh, it's about uh, a chap called Ben Keller, who is the lucky winner of, of a lottery. Uh, and he uh, meets the woman of his dreams and gets married. And but then it, it all goes a bit strange. Yeah, it, all, it all transpires that he's also a serial killer. But then it gets a bit weird, because yeah. I'm not sure who he's killing, why he's killing, uh, who he has killed and who he's going to kill. Yeah, see, what was nice is that whereas the prior trailer, until right at the end I didn't couldn't get a grip of what the film was, with this I felt like I had an idea of what the film was really quickly, Yeah. and then, then realised I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and it completely pulled the rug out, and then did it again, and I'm still not really sure what the film is, yeah. but I'm intrigued. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it looks completely bonkers and very, yeah. very dark humour. I'm, I'm not sure if it's meant to be a comedy or not. It's once again, it looks got that it should be a comedy look about it, but about a serial killer, it's, it is quite dark, isn't it? Yes, so, definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I was intrigued and and quite want to know more really. Yeah, yeah. So um, well, I'm going to give that. I originally wrote it down as a as an intermediate face mm-hmm. ambivalent face rather it's intermediate something different yeah um, but uh, actually I've talked myself into giving it a happy face this time yeah a happy face with a, a quizzical raised eyebrow 
Mm. So our, our faces are getting more and more complicated as the weeks go on. Yes, well, it's, you know, films demand that we have a wider <laughs> range of courtesies. <laughs> yeah, right. So that's nearly it. We've just got the movie watch feature. Um, yes, Simon? Although we haven't managed to actually see the same film uh, lately, which is why we're not doing a big review this episode, I did get to see the new X-Men film. Uh, which has had really polarised views, because uh, I think general opinion is that the first X-Men film was okay, X2 was really good, and was kind of a high watermark for superhero genre. Then X-Men 3 went down the pan, basically, and I didn't even bother to see Wolverine, because it just looked awful. Uh, and now they're back with First Class, which is directed by Matthew Vaughan, who did Kick-Ass, which yep. is one of our favourite movies from last year. Yep. I think it was your actual favourite movie. My favourite movie of the year, yeah. Yeah, um, and also co-written by Jane Goldman, who wrote Kick-Ass. Yes. So, interesting crew. Um, I think they were brought on pretty much at the last minute. It was a very, very rushed, very quick production. And that does show in a few places the effects aren't really up to the standard we expect from mm-hmm. that kind of big-budget movie. But I really liked it. I thought it was a sort of return to form, not as good as X2, but certainly going in the right direction. Um, and a bit like the first X-Men film, where you kind of went, oh, I can see where that could go, and that okay. could be quite good. I think if they do another one... Uh, same cast, same crew, then hopefully this will have taught them sort of right. what to do, what not to do. Did, did you find, because I've not seen it, uh, um, but did you find that the film had the Matthew Vaughan and Jane Goldman stamp on it? Because they'd also worked together on Stardust, and yeah. they do have quite a good sort of style between them, even though Stardust and Kick-Ass are... Uh, so different. Yeah. yeah. I think um, part of the problem with the new X-Men film is that it does have their stamp, but you, it feels a bit like it went on at the last minute. Right. Um, whereas Kick-Ass is them all the way through. Yeah. Uh, this, it's kind of got, it's got the edge that they bring to stuff, but it's kind of inserted. It's not at the core. Yeah, it, it feels like those themes have been layered on, and they're really interesting, and that, they're the most interesting parts of the film, probably, where it's dealing with the kind of more serious issues, I guess. But they don't feel quite woven into oh, okay. the whole story as much as they could be. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, and yeah. something which stood out really strongly to me in a negative way, or just in a slightly perplexing way, is that every female character in the film is introduced not really wearing any clothing. Hmm. Uh, which, you know, maybe isn't always something to complain about, but it is weird where literally every female character in the movie is introduced this way. Um, it's just a bit bizarre. A bit too much copying and pasting of scripts, do you think? Yes, well, I couldn't quite figure it out, because uh-huh. to somehow shoehorn in... There's a, I don't know, there's, a, there's a good six sort of strong female characters in yep. the film, and... A couple of them start off as strippers, so fair enough. That kind of works in the story. But all the other ones who aren't, they're like CIA agents and stuff. They still somehow figure out a way to have not wearing any clothes. Oh, right. Um, I'm not to go see it. Yes, uh, it might appeal to you more. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it doesn't quite feel right in that yeah. film, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and it's strange, because obviously Kick-Ass was really interesting from a sort of feminist point of view. And it seems like with this one, they didn't really think about it properly. Um, but yeah. It's got some good ideas, and I'd like to see them do more. Kick-Ass was also popular from a non-feminist point of view as well. Yes, yes, that's yeah. true. Um, I've just got uh, a film to, to mention. Um, following last the last episode of Spiffing Review, where we laid into some really bad movies. Yeah, I think that's probably why we haven't watched many films. We're yeah. still recovering I was, from I was actually quite uh, impressed by a bad movie I saw, uh, a return to form for bad movies of Big Tit Zombies, which right. is a Japanese um, film. And it's about zombies, and there are big tits in it, but I don't recall the two actually combining. Oh, right. 
Because what, what was nice about it, as we I was watching it on DVD, at the, the start of the feature, there was a little interview with the director who basically just said, uh, it's mindless fun, just enjoy it for what it is. And it's actually nice and refreshing for a change to have someone just say, oh, it's just nonsense, really. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Did it live up to its title? Yeah. Because a lot of these films where the title is amazing, like you know, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, yep. and then you watch it and actually it's... You hardly see any of that, yeah. And it's all low budget and a bit rubbish, yeah. And the most exciting thing about the film is the title, yeah. It was it's very good fun. Oh, admittedly, I was quite drunk when I watched it, uh, but it was it's just worth watching anyway. If you want to restore your faith in the fact bad movies can be fun, then this is the sort of one you want to look at. So yes, there we go. Yeah, but probably not Birdemic. Anyway, <laughs> um, I think that's it for this week. Oh, I've got no more, uh, no more news to movie watch. No, but we'll be back in a couple of weeks with uh, hopefully a main feature. Yes, indeed, uh, with a longer review. Yeah. yeah. So until then, it's goodbye. Goodbye. If you'd like to contact us, you can email Simon and Wayne at spiffingreview.com. Follow us on Twitter at Spiffing Review or visit our website at spifferingreview.com. Spiffing Review is an It's a Trap production.